Welcome to the podcast of FirstMen.Church, your on-demand worship community, ready for you whenever and wherever you are. If you'd like to tune in to the full worship experience, you can go to our website, FirstMen.Church. And now, here's a message from our pastor, Ethan Lumen. It hit me the other day, I've been preparing to be a pastor and a pastor now for 15 years. It was almost 15 years ago that I uh, started on my path to becoming a pastor. Eight years of schooling and internships and, and, and practicums and, and almost seven years now that I've been a pastor. Uh, it's om- almost half my life. And I, I just think about how far I've come as a person trying to lead uh, others in the way of, of Jesus and doing my best to follow Jesus. And, and I, even as I think about how far I've come, I also think about how far I haven't come. <laughs> how many struggles there still are. Like how, how much I, I can still uh, have, how many weaknesses I still have and, and uh, how many failures still crop up. You know, I, I, I've learned, I've come to learn that it's part of our biological process as humans to focus more on our failures than our successes because, well, uh, our, our failures might lead us to dying or severe problems like when we lived in the wilderness and whatnot. But, but even still, right, we, I just, my life doesn't always look or feel that different after such a long walk with Christ. And that's the challenge that we go through as people. We don't we don't always know what it looks like or, or what it feels like, that, that walking with Christ, uh, walking with Jesus for a long time, and what it looks like to be spiritually mature. Part of the problem is we haven't met that many people who are spiritually mature. Uh, we, we don't have a good vision of what it might look like. Most of our Christian lives uh, look the same as non-Christians. Right? We, we don't always... Uh, display that different of a light. We're living in the same kinds of houses. We're doing the same kinds of activities, um, except maybe there's a, a small window of time where we're worshiping. But, but how am I different from anyone else? What, what difference is this faith thing making? Am I just racked with more guilt than the average person over feeling like I'm failing because I'm breaking God's commands? I think that's why a number of people are tempted to give up faith. Because they're, all they're seeing is that, that it's just leading to more guilt following Jesus. It's not leading to this sense of a, of a renewed life. Are we actually experiencing the peace and the healing that Christ has promised? I, I think we all want to see growth. Right? We all want to see things get better. We want to see that we're going somewhere. Part of the problem is as, as Christians, we framed our faith in this way. Believe in Jesus so you can go to heaven when you die, right? But the problem is, what do we do in the meantime? If we're just believing in Jesus so that we go to heaven when we die, are there actually any implications for the here and now? Does it, does it change my life today? You know, there's only one time that Jesus even talked like that in the scriptures. When he's on the cross, he, he turns to the thief next to him who's dying, and he says, today you'll be with me in paradise. Other than that, you read the words of Jesus, and he's like, He's giving instructions. He's saying, take up your cross daily, deny yourself and follow me. He's saying, go sell everything you have, give all that to the poor, and then come follow me. He's 
he's offering up a, a new way of life. He's inviting people into a, a different way of seeing things. And, uh, and as Christians, we, we have to challenge ourselves. It's not just believe in Jesus so you go to heaven when you die. Jesus says eternal life is this, that you know God and that you know Jesus whom he sent. Eternal life is, is beginning now. And I think that's what we are, we're yearning for. We're yearning for that, that renewal, that, that transformation, that, to be reformed and remade and not just put it off till another day, but Lord, let it start today. People have been seeking this and, and I think that they've shifted from finding those, that hope within the church to looking all sorts of places for their peace and comfort. Um, right, uh, marital advice, mental health, uh, maybe job help, uh, caring for the world, you know, sex, stress, and, and diet, all these things that people have turned to outside sources for help and for answers because they, they, they feel like the church doesn't have much to say other than believe in Jesus, so you go to heaven when you die. We're seeking our renewal in the world, right, through pills and, and ads, but in our hearts, we know that this is never going to be enough because the problem is deeper than what we are doing. The problem is who we are. <laughs> There's a difference between doing the right things and, and being the right person. And, and all we can think of as people is, what can I do to make it better for myself? And that's, that's the thing about Jesus. He's, he's not just after changing our actions. Jesus is about changing our hearts. He's about changing our, our whole lives. And, and, and as he came into ministry, he said, hey, the kingdom of God has come so close that you can touch it. He, he said that there's a new way of living coming. The kingdom of God means where God reigns and where God rules. There's, a, there's new rules coming. And it, it's not just our actions. It's our hearts and it's our lives. So Jesus says, you know, the kingdom of heaven is so close you can touch it. And, and as he begins his ministry, we find him just making the lame to walk, giving sight to the blind, raising the dead, teaching and preaching and setting people free from, from the, the weight of their guilt and sins. He's offering forgiveness and peace and just this, this new way. And this is the thing that really captures the hearts and the minds of the people of his day is that he's offering a new way of seeing life, a new way of living, because Jesus came to renew what was broken. So this renewal, this, this being made new in Christ, it, it's really the, the process for us as people that's going to lead us to the kingdom of God. This place where, as, as Jesus summed it up, the two great commandments are at work. The first commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, and soul, and mind, and strength. Jesus says this in Luke 10, 27. And it's really a, a restatement of Deuteronomy chapter 6. It's always been the, the plan that God has had for his people for hundreds and, and thousands of years that we love the Lord our God with all our heart and soul and mind and strength. All these things that are by nature far from God that Jesus is remaking and renewing. And ultimately, that we would love our neighbors as ourselves. The two great commandments that Jesus outlines. And, and renewal is the process of becoming more like Christ. Which is what we want. Which is what's so compelling about 
Jesus. No, no matter what you think or feel or believe about Jesus, when you encounter his life and his story in the Gospels, we're all caught off guard by the wisdom he speaks, by the love and compassion he shows. And as Christians, the, the process of renewal is becoming more like Jesus. And this isn't something that comes from within us. Right? It's not all these things that I do. It's not like this checklist that we now inherit because we believe in Jesus. Right? Renewal is not like skill development. It's not going off to school to earn a degree and you just take the right classes and everything will work out. Right? It's, it's more than that. It's not from within ourselves. You know, but part of that, uh, there, there can be this mentality among Christians, yeah, I'm a poor, miserable sinner. I'm a dirty, rotten person, and there's nothing good in me, right? And the, the problem is where that leads is, well, there's nothing I can do. Uh, and we just kind of throw up our hands and say, well, this is the way it's going to be. It's true that there, that there is nothing we can do to earn our favor before God or, or grace. That, but the reality is that Jesus has done it all for us, and, and Jesus is actually putting his life within us. Jesus has promised to, to renew our hearts and our spirits and our bodies and souls. Right? We're, we're waiting for the resurrection where he's going to make all things new. And we recognize that that process begins today as we work to renew those broken things in our lives. So that dirty, rotten, sinner complex, it actually just keeps us from growing. It, it holds us in the same place. It keeps us becoming from becoming those spiritually mature people that we know God is calling us to be. The, the, what we see in, in the scriptures for God's people, what we read about in, in the stories of, of the saints uh, of old. Renewal is God's work. Renewal begins and ends with God, the God who came down from heaven to bring his kingdom here so we could touch it and, and, and come to know it and understand it. It, renewal, ultimately, renewal is a way of grace and rest. Grace uh, in that it's, it's this beautiful gift that God is trying to, to give us. We're, we're, we don't have to rely on our own strengths and abilities, but we can rely on what God is doing in us. And rest in that well, we don't need to work for it. It's this, and it's actually not nearly as much work as trying to be self-righteous or, or work our way to being this great person. It's, it's actually resting ourselves in the love and the grace of our Father. Renewal is a way of grace and rest. And in this process of renewal, we're going to start with the heart. Heart, soul, mind, strength. We start with the heart. And, and what is the heart in the, in the scriptures? As we look at the Old Testament and the New Testament, really the, the human heart is like the seat of intention or the will, right? It's, it's what sets our path, the, the, maybe the executive center of our, of our human lives. And, and Jesus, he focused a lot on the heart as, as he taught. He said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, Right, so the, the heart is, is directing the body, it's directing the mind, it's directing the soul, it's directing our speech. 
He also says that where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So um, we can find where our heart is by looking at where we're investing our lives as well. In Mark chapter 7, he says, evil doesn't come from without, it comes from within. He says, within, from the heart, that's where evil comes. So the heart is also this, this seat of maybe not so good stuff. You go back to the Old Testament in, in Genesis chapter 8, you know, God is uh, working through Noah and, and this flood, and he, said, he comes to terms with the fact that, he says, every intention uh, in a man's heart is evil all the time. But even though that's the case, I'm not going to destroy them. God decides just because man's heart is evil and twisted doesn't mean I'm going to just wipe them off the face of the earth. I'm going I'm to work on them. And Jeremiah 17, which we read just a little bit ago, helps us see that even more clearly. Uh, hear it again. It says, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? This is the, this is the state of our human life. Our heart is desperately sick. It's deceitful. We can't trust our intentions, our, our motivations, our will. It's, it's twisted in on itself. It, it's aimed in the wrong direction. And it's aiming our whole bodies and our whole spirits in the wrong direction. And we can't even understand sometimes what our motivations are. Whether it's, you know, some childhood trauma, whether it's um, a desire to pursue the wrong. We don't, even, we don't even know how twisted our hearts are. We can't understand our own uh, internal motivations. And it ultimately comes down to a trust problem. Who and what do we trust? Right, so Jeremiah 17, before it gets into that, he says, Hey, cursed is the man who trusts in man, whose heart trusts in flesh. Um, and, and he paints this picture of like the, the person whose heart is trusting in the wrong places is like a, a shrub in the desert. It's not going to make it. It's not going to last. Right? And I, I think that's what, what happens when our heart is turned away from God, who's the source of life. When our heart and our, our will is, is set in the wrong direction, we can't make it through. We, we find ourselves striving and struggling in the simplest of things. Our growth is stunted. Uh, our, our glory shrinks. Our, our lives get smaller and smaller, and, and we're not bearing any fruit. And we might say, well, that's for people outside the church. But Jeremiah was writing to the people of God. And that message is for us, too, to say, well, are we actually trusting in ourselves? Are we trusting in people? Is our will and desire set in the wrong place? We can tell that by if our life is bearing fruit. Do we feel like a shrub in the desert, <laughs> like drying up day by day? That is the opposite of what God desires for us. God is trying to renew our lives and, 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 and give, us, give us strength, and, and he's trying to make our lives bear fruit. So the opposite then of, of, a, of the heart turned in the wrong direction, he says uh, right after that in Jeremiah 17, blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord. He says he's like a tree planted by waters, who's no matter what situation happens, their roots are dug in, going to get water, and that person is going to bear fruit. So we can ask, what does renewal look like? What does uh, 
changing our intentions and our desires and our will look like in our lives? Well, we're going to actually dive into that a little bit more in, in the next part of our series, in our next service. But Christ's vision of a renewed heart, it's like a tree that's always bearing fruit. It's going to renew itself, not in its own strength, but in the waters of Christ's power and grace and love. Right? It says, who knows the heart? No one. But the very next verse, Jeremiah 17, 10. God makes it clear. He says, I, the Lord, search the heart. I know the hearts of men. I know what they're all about. I know how twisted and, and corrupt they are. And that's why later on in Jeremiah, Jeremiah 31, God says, I'm going to give my people a new heart. And Ezekiel 36, it says it again. I'm going to put a new heart in my people. I'm going to remove their heart of stone, that, 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 light, that life and the direction that's taken them the wrong way. I'm going to remove their heart of stone and put within them a heart of flesh. I'm going to give them a, a new heart. God is working to renew us. He, he's, he's inviting us to, well, a life that's actually going to bear fruit, energizing us and, and giving life to the people around us as well. His love is breaking through the darkness of our world and, and working to give us light and hope and life. So, so friends, renewal begins with a vision of God's kingdom for you. I want you to pause for a moment. I want you to think, that where are you right now? Are you feeling like a shrub in the desert? Is your life feeling a little dry and like it's not bearing any fruit? Where are you? And what would it look like? What would it look like if God were physically present in your situation right now? What would it look like if Jesus came in and said, you can reach out your hand and touch the kingdom of God right now. I'm looking to renew your life. What would happen? What, what pains and trials and personal struggles would immediately vanish? What would, what would happen? Where, where does that life now and, and forever look like as God's kingdom starts to break in to the situations in which you find yourself? See, Jesus is inviting you to pray along with him. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done. Renewal begins by inviting Jesus into each and every moment of your life, into the, the will and desires and wants that you're finding cropping up in your heart. So invite Jesus to remake and reshape your life in his image. I think of 15 years following Jesus. And the thing about life is that you feel like you get it figured out and then in 15 years, I've gone from being a student to a husband, to a father. And not just a father of one, but two, three, four kids. A pastor, a pastor of one church and, and now two congregations and, and, and I, God's, God's vision or path for me continues to grow and, and, and along with that growth comes the struggle of having to give up more and more of my will. Having to seek God's path in, in more and more areas. 
having to struggle as I seek not to find my way in my own strength, but, but to find it in his path of renewal and to invite Jesus to show me more and more how I can follow him, how I can trust him above myself, how I can invite him to renew my heart and to give me a vision of God's kingdom in my life. And so friends, renew your heart. Renew your heart by resting in God's grace and God's will. Pray for his vision. Pray for renewal. Amen. Thanks for listening to this episode of the FirstMin.Church podcast. Remember that we are an on-demand worship community ready for you whenever and wherever you are. Follow us on Instagram or Facebook or head to our website for more ways to connect and serve. All at FirstMin.Church. Thanks and catch you next time.